Today is the feast of Christ the King, as we've said before. We want to look at two things. What's it mean for Christ to be king? Who is he in his kingship? And what's it mean to be our, we or to follow him or to serve him? Let's first of all look at what it means for him to be king. And to do that, we want to go to Revelation, which was the reading today, the second reading. And in Revelation, it says at verse, chapter 1, verse 5, just as if you have your few Bibles, it's on page 1374. But it says here, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and ruler of the kings. So first of all, it talks about he is the ruler. That means he is in charge. huh? He's the ruler of all the kings of the earth. Ultimately, Christ has ultimate authority and charge. You know, last night I was out to dinner with somebody, and you know, he says about the election and that, and he says, Father, why doesn't God just come in and set up his kingdom and say, okay, enough of this garbage, oh, this is the way it's going to be. And I said, because he has free will. We have free will. But ultimately, I said, the reality is he is in charge and his will will be done. You know, again, sometimes in a world we sit there and we think that, you know, or people think that, okay, they won. But that's the biggest hunk of garbage. If you look at the cross, they thought, uh-huh, we got him, he's done. Wrong. Rome thought, okay, we got those Christians. Look how we beat them all the time. Look how we put them to death. Wrong. Well, the Vatican sits on top of Rome. All those emperors and the Roman is gone. They were wrong. Ultimately, God lets us have our way and go for it, but ultimately he is king and his will and his authority will win. That's exactly what, you know, so sometimes we get so crazy and nuts over this and that, God is God. And ultimately he won and we win with him. So sometimes we've got to remember that, that he is the ruler, that he has authority, that God is God. And sometimes, you know, I was, <laughs> you know, in my own life, I sit there and I, I try to live my life in such a way sometimes that I don't have full trust in his authority. Well, God, you know, I don't know if exactly you're going to get this done, so I'll do it. Thank you very much. But he just says, I'm the one in charge, Larry, not you. Me. Okay, God. So first of all, it talks about he is the one who is the ruler over all the kings of the earth. He loves us, and he saved us. You know, and again, when it comes to him being king, we've got to remember that the God of the universe, who the universe cannot contain, loves you intimately. He knows every hair on your head. He knows you, and he loves you. The King of glory, the Lord of lords, and God of gods knows you and loves you and gave his life for you. And that is made clear in the book of Revelation again. Who loved us and shed his blood for us. So think about the one who has ultimate authority, who has ultimate power, who is God of gods and king of kings, who is Lord of lords, loves you and died for you. Gave his life for you. What a glorious thing. Then it said, what he has done he has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us into a kingdom, priests for God our Father. 
To him be glory and power forever and ever. And then it talks about, again, you know, if you ask most people, do you believe Jesus is coming again? We say it every week, we're going to say in the creed. He will come again to what? Judge the living and the dead. That our king will come back as the judge. That ultimately, when we talk about the second coming and the second judgment, this is where God's justice is fulfilled. His mercy will be fulfilled too, but the justice of God will be fulfilled at the end of time. Now, we need to pray for the coming of God. You know, when you say the Our Father today, when you say thy kingdom come, not only are you saying, God, may your kingdom be in my life today, but you're praying for what? The second coming. You know, and some people, you know, they have all the movies and everything about when Jesus comes back and everybody gets afraid. When Christ comes again, it's going to be the end of war, the end of pain, the end of suffering, the end of death, the end of all the garbage that's been on this world, and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And so this needs to give our hope. There needs to be such hope in us that no matter what the world is bringing us, God is God, he has a plan, and that plan will be fulfilled. Nothing that any man can do can ultimately corrupt God's plan. Ultimately. You know, and again, when Adam and Eve sinned in the beginning, they thought, this is it, God had a better plan. When they killed Christ on the cross and they thought, this was it, God had a better plan. God always has a better plan, and he can take the garbage and bring his will out of it because he is God. And then he talks about that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You know, the source and the summit of everything that there is. Who is, who was, who is to come. The Almighty God. So it talks a little bit about who God is. God is the God of all creation, the God of love who gave his life for us, who is ultimately in control. And it says, if you go now to the book of the Gospel of John, which was the Gospel we read today, chapter 18, what he does say, though, is this. Verse, chapter 18, this is on page 1163 for those who have their few Bibles. Jesus answered, verse 36, my kingdom does not belong to this world. Now that we got to really start to sink in because this belongs, this starts the transition between God and us and what it means to be his servant. Sometimes we're trying to make God the one who's going to make me happy in this world. My divine rabbit's foot, who I pull out, the God make me happy. But that's not what it's about. This world is not our home. It just isn't. We try to make it home. We try to get everything so I can feel good and comfortable. And if I think I'm blessed and I have money, and oh, I am blessed by God. Where are you? Oh, yes, I am. But what if it comes, goes away tomorrow? Are you still blessed by God? It better be yes. Because the kingdom of God is not in this world. He's not here to make us happy only. Here, okay, here you got He is not Barney, as I've said. God is ultimately in charge, but this kingdom is not here. We wait for the next place. Our lady at Fatima, when she appeared to the three children, she said, I cannot make you happy in this world. Can't do it. 
I cannot make you happy in this world. I can't promise you happiness. Jesus said the same thing. In fact, he even went the opposite way. He said, in the world, you will have problems. <laughs> promise. He told us. But be confident, I have overcome the world. That ultimately, this isn't home. And if everything always makes us very comfortable here, we get way too comfortable here, and we try to make this place our home. But it's not. We have a place prepared for us from the foundation of the world in heaven. That is our home. And that's what we should be longing for. And every day of our life, i got to sit there and I'm making my decisions. Is this drawing me closer to God or closer to the world? Is it preparing me for my next home, my true home, where I'm going to be forever and ever and ever and ever? Or is it just making me comfortable in my world on earth? This isn't home. We've got to know that. And we've got to live as if it's not home and not live as if it is home and we want it to stay. Then what we need to do is it goes on because now the trans transition goes. Jesus says, I have come to testify to the truth. He says here in verse... Uh, 37, so Pilate said, Then you are king. Jesus said, You say I am king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. And then he says, Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Now what's it mean for us for Christ to be king? It means that we too need to testify to the truth. Now the truth, again, you know, like someone, like, you know, every day something happens, and someone was telling me about you know, Father, why can't we just do what we want to do and God loves us and, you know, and I just says, but God came to bring the truth. And the truth is not always easy. The truth kills us sometimes. The truth is unpopular lots of times. You know, again and again, some people come to this parish and some stay and some leave. And if they leave, it's because the priest doesn't tickle their ears a lot. You know, when I start preaching on abortion and I start saying stuff, I mean, I've had people come to me and say, Father, do you need to do that? Yes, I do. Period. You don't like it? Go somewhere else. I'm here to testify to the truth. Like it or not, feel good about it. I, I was never made a pastor to make everybody feel good. I was made pastor to testify to the truth and to bring all of us. But that's what all of us, it's always the truth in love. You tell people the truth because you love them. So now what i got to do is if I'm going to follow Christ, i got to testify to the truth. So we have to examine all of our lives, not just me as pastor, but each of us as followers of Christ. Do I testify to the truth of God? Not the truth of politics. Is Christ the Lord of my life? Am I truly his servant? You know, and again, I was with a bunch of priests this week, classmates of mine. We were at a uh, friend of mine parish, and I'm sitting there listening to my class, my friends. I've been friends with them for 15 years. And I was supposed to stay the night, but I decided, no, I'm not going to spend the night. Because I had to listen to God's name being abused. Every other word out of the one priest's mouth. Just da -da 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 -da. another priest who's a pastor complaining about the people because they want adoration. 
you know, for goodness. And he didn't say for goodness sakes. And they just started, and I just was so sick in my stomach. And I thought, here's friends of mine who are priests. And Christ isn't Lord. He's not totally in charge. You know, they still sit there and they make fun of the people who want to pray more. And then they look at me and say, oh, Larry, don't, don't, I know, Larry, you're really into this stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm into Jesus Christ, my God. You got it. Yeah. And I was just so like, oh, I'm thinking if we who are the priests, and I, I mean, I'm like that in other ways, huh? If we who are the priests are not fully submitted and committed to Jesus Christ as our Lord and God and to want everybody to come to know him as their king and their savior by me being the example of I am fully surrendered to the lordship of Jesus Christ in every part of my life, then how is the people going to do it? If the priests aren't there, how are we going to really be people that testify to Christ as King by testifying to the truth when the people who are supposed to be proclaiming the truth really want nothing to do with it in lots of ways? That was kind of like, ugh. But then when I got home and I'm sitting there judging people, you know how easy it is to judge. And I was looking and I was brushing my teeth and I was looking in the mirror and he said, you're the same way, Larry. <clears throat> and don't you hate when God tells you something like that? But he's come to testify to the truth. And he has to tell us the truth about ourselves and the time in my life that I am not fully submitted to Christ. And I'm still doing it my way. The challenge of today's feast of Christ the King is to acknowledge that he is totally king. But then to be people who are in this earth to serve him with all that I am and thus testify to that truth of who he is and that God is in charge and that I must be a person who brings that reality to every place, everywhere I am, to my family, to my work, to my friends, no matter where I am, if I'm in front of this church, if I'm sitting in this church, if I'm at, uh, having a beer with a friend of mine, i got to testify to the truth no matter what, because I serve him, because he is my king, and I am his servant. I don't make any decisions by myself. I ask him, what do you want me to do? You're in charge. I'll do whatever you want. And then I live it. Then I testify to the truth. You got it? You get it? Good, better than me. May you know his love today and forever. Amen.